Impact, income, and influence. Do you want the most powerful, actionable takeaways from today's episode? Go to actionbullets.com to grab the quick, easy-to-read takeaways that will help you change your life and grow your business. Or you can click the Action Bullets link in the description below. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for reaching millions of people and growing your impact. Today, we have Ellie Bursko. Ellie works with female entrepreneurs, helps them grow and scale their business, get out of self-sabotage, get out of the limiting beliefs, get into their body, and helps them scale their business. We all have been there. I'm not a female, but I've still been there. I think we've all had some limiting beliefs from time to time. I'm super excited for the show. Ellie, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm great. And you have a great voice. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I like what I do. And I, yeah. people have told me I should do radio. So this is the yeah. closest. Sounds like a radio voice. <laughs> um, so talk to us about how this all started. You've been in business for 11 years. A lot mm-hmm. of the people I know have, they got started five or six years ago. I've been in business for eight years, but 11 years. Take us back to where this all started because you have a very unique skill set. I think a lot of people wish that they could do what you do, but you actually mm-hmm. do it. Where did this all start for you? Yeah, I've kind of had this entrepreneurial mindset um, and been around it since I was a kid, honestly. My parents have always had their own businesses. I started working when I was 12 years old. I helped out in my mom's hairdressing salon, and I also used to do babysitting for families as well. I couldn't imagine my 11 and a half year old doing that now. So I think people were very trusting back then. Uh, And I even started a kid's party business when I was a teenager as well, still in high school. So I've always had that kind of drive and leadership and wanting to do this kind of thing. Um, But 11 years ago, when I started my first, I guess, proper business uh, was when I had my first daughter. And at the time, uh, my partner at the time was on a tourist visa. So he wasn't allowed to work and I just had a baby. So I wasn't working either. And we were living off uh, welfare and we, we literally had no money. We got $500 a week which covered rent bills and there wasn't, you know, much left over. And we were in a really dire situation. Um, I was only 23 and it was when I had my my first child. And um, I had, even though it was dire and and it was hard and I had no support and I didn't even have a car or some weeks we couldn't afford food and had to go to the church, Uh, I still had this optimism. Like I just knew that I could create something and turn my life around. And so it was at that time when my daughter was only about six months old that I started studying to become a personal trainer. And I, I ended up losing 29 kilos in seven months after having my daughter don't know what that is in pounds off the top of my head, Um, probably like 60, 70 pounds, something like that. And um, I wanted, I found this gap in the market where there weren't any boot camps where you could bring your baby along, but they would be looked after by a babysitter. They were all pushing them in prams at the time. And uh, I found that gap and wanted to help people from my journey and, and what I'd been able to achieve for myself. And I remember one day around that time deciding that I would never be in that position again, being so stressed about money and that I wanted to create a better life for myself and my family. 
And I saw business not going back to a, working in a call center, which is what I was doing before I had my daughter, uh, working 40 hours a week, getting $20 an hour. I didn't see that as a way forwards and to create a better life. So I put everything into growing this business and finding the support to be able to figure out the things that I didn't know uh, to be able to just go all in and, and change our lives. So I've had multiple businesses over the past 11 years, but that was the first one. That's where it all started. Well, let's start with, I mean, I want to talk about like your attitude, right? Because I think a lot of people would have said, I'm on welfare. I'm going Mm. to get any job that I can that just Mm. pays the bills because I don't, I, I, right now we're making 500. If I can make 700, it's Mm. worth going. Like, Mm. let's go find a job or let's just stay on welfare. There are definitely people who would say that as well. I don't think anyone Mm. who would listen to this podcast. So, (laughs) but you had, you had some inner belief somewhere that said you Mm. can do better. You can do your own business. And some of that goes back. You were talking about, you know, growing up, Um, I was the same way. I mean, my mom Mm. sat me down when I was seven because I wanted a pair of Air Jordans. And she was like, if you Mm. want those, you got to go get a job. She said it joking. And (laughs) I went and started mowing yards and went and bought the shoes the next day. Um, (laughs) And it's really interesting. Like doing the show, I've interviewed, I would say more than half the people have that same kind of, they started Mm. doing something when they were young. And Mm. then when they got a little bit older and they got against a wall of some kind, they Mm. handled it by building their own business or doing their own thing. Um, So talk to me a little bit. Let's, I want to unpack some of that. Like, what did you do Mm. growing up that then Mm. led to this? Like, talk Mm. to me about the mindset. Cause you said your parents, like, how did you, how was it growing up that was maybe different from Mm. other kids? Yeah. So my parents both have their own businesses. They always have. My mom's a hairdresser. She's done mobile hairdressing, but she's also had her own salon at at different times as well. And my dad has a, it's kind of like mechanical engineer, plumbing, welding business. Um, And so he, and he's still running that as well. So I grew up around that. I grew up around two parents that had their own businesses that didn't work for someone else. That was even subconsciously just my norm. Uh, And then also from a personal development standpoint, my mum could see from a young age that I was really interested in personal development. And so she, throughout my teenage years, she would buy me positive affirmation cards and um, personal development books and take me to yoga and meditation. And um, and I, I went to a psychologist when my parents split up as well. I used to write poetry. I used to do journaling from when I was about 10 years old, I was journaling. So a lot of this stuff that's becoming popular now, I've been doing it since I was really, really young. And that was just normal for me. And and I thanked my mom for that recently, actually. And she said, well, you know, I wouldn't have like done all that for you or given that to you if you hadn't have shown an interest. She said, that was just a part of you. Like I could, it, it was always a part of you ever since you were like, you know, three years old. Uh, I remember sitting my little sister down when I was three and like being the teacher and telling her what to do. And I was just this leader and I was told I was bossy and stubborn and a chatterbox from a young age, but I actually see them as positive qualities of being a leader and a speaker and confident as well. So it's something that I've just was kind of born with. And then my environment, I was surrounded by it. 
as well as the personal development aspect uh, as I was growing up as well. Nice. I mean, the I want to talk about journaling just for a second. Do you still mm. journal? Yeah, yeah. I journal That's- most days. Yeah. I mean, that is one of, I started, when I started my business, I journaled in high school a little bit, not a a lot, um, but some, I still have them somewhere. But then (laughs) when I, when I started my business in 2013, it was one of the things that I noticed, like I I started reading books about successful business owners. The entrepreneurship really wasn't a thing in 2013. Gary V wasn't even a thing yet. Um, Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess they journal, they journal and they ran. So I started running. I was like, well, they all run. So I guess I'll start running. (laughs) Um, But the, I think it is one of, I don't know what it actually does, but it does something that causes Mm. your brain to function differently. It makes you think Mm. about your thoughts in a different way. Maybe I don't, I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. Is it a tool that you use with people that you work with? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've been doing this a lot with clients lately, actually helping them get more specific. And I have a whole structure around journaling for them uh, Mm -hmm. around. So we have like morning and evening journaling questions that we ask. um, And then we also have kind of like weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual reflection and planning. And we bring the journaling into those pieces. And then also you can do free journaling as well. There's so many different ways you can do it. I find it's a really good way to get all the thoughts out of your head because if we have these thoughts in our head, whether it's positive or negative, it can be positive stuff, but then it's not grounded and you don't take action on it. It's just all these ideas as we do as entrepreneurs, all these ideas, but then we don't actually take action on it because it's just swirling around in the head. Um, Or it could be the negative thoughts, particularly if you've had a bad day or it's late at night and everything's just kind of you're tired, everything's getting on top of you, you can swirl these negative thoughts around. But when you get it down on paper to to journal it out, you can ground those positive things and turn it into an action plan and actually kind of put a strategy around it. And with the negative things, you can actually work through them and realize that it's not as bad. When you get it out of your head and onto paper, it actually kind of takes it out of you and makes it less real and it allows you to be able to just go it's like talking to a therapist right but it's your journal you're doing it for yourself because well, you're it, there every day <laughs> well I think it forces you to not be emotional about it because you start writing like yeah. I know for myself when I start writing stuff out I'm like it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was exactly right? Like exactly. in your head, like you just start spinning it up and you get all these emotions yeah. going, but then you start writing and you're like, oh, it's really not that bad. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. It helps you be intentional for your day as well. It's like, mm-hmm. what do I actually want from today? How do I want to feel? How am I feeling right now? What can I do to change that? And then asking questions around your goals or getting clear on what your perfect life looks like, your, you know, your dream life. There's so many different tools and ways that you can use it. So let's go back to, as you started your first business, you're on welfare, but you start this personal training business. What happened when you started it? And like, how did you have to handle your mindset? You said yourself, like I was optimistic. I thought that Mm -hmm. I could do it, but how did you handle like the people around you, maybe your partner, like what happened in your world and how did that business go? Hey, I just want to take a quick break from this episode. Are you enjoying the stories so far? 
Would you like to know how to use storytelling and story selling in your business? Check the show notes down below or go to storyselling.how to grab my free mini course on story selling and start implementing this in your business right now. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Mm, yeah. So the the other, like to add into this piece as well, from the question you asked before, it wasn't just that I grew up around, you know, entrepreneurial parents, but it was also that I had a belief that I didn't want to have a baby and then put her in full-time daycare and not be able to be around her. And for people that choose that or have to do that for whatever reason, that's okay. But for me, I chose that I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be around my baby, especially when she was little. And I wanted to create a life where we had that flexibility and freedom. And so business was the only kind of logical option for me. And so with that business, what really helped me was my previous experience working in call centers, working in marketing and sales really helped me when I started my first business because I had that background kind of expertise. Um, But even though I had that skill set, it was really hard doing it all myself, doing it for myself, um, because you got to wear all the hats, right? And it's such a big learning curve and a mindset shift as well. So I hired a mentor really early on. And the first thing, um, the first thing that I signed up for was a thousand dollars. And at the time you could have said like a thousand felt like a hundred thousand. It was a lot of money for me right then. And I didn't have it. But he gave me some really good tips and advice and I went and actioned them and I made some money and I paid that thousand off bit by bit. And so having that mentor there to help me and guide me when I wasn't believing in myself or in myself or having a tough day was really important. And I actually ended up growing that business from nothing um, and literally not putting any money into it, doing it all from the ground up um, to a multi six figure business within 18 months. Nice. Okay. So Mm. that's, I want to talk about, I mean, you, you kind of called this out. Like a lot of people would say, I'm just getting started. I don't have the money to spend on a mentor. I'm not going to spend the money on coaching. I'm not going to buy a program. Mm. Mm. What, like, I think that that's one of the things, I mean, I've had coaches since I started. Um, Mm. I remember reading a Reddit thread. I like typed into Google or something like, should I hire a business coach or something along that line? Right. And like, there was this Reddit thread and it was a whole bunch of people being like, you can do it yourself. You don't need to listen to somebody else. It's just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. And then there was one person in the thread. There were probably 20 comments against, and there Mm. was one person. And I I can't remember exactly what it was. I wish I would have bookmarked it or something, but he was like, for some reason, I don't think anyone here makes makes more than a hundred thousand dollars or has a real business, something like that. And I was like, I bet he's right. (laughs) Because then under it, he had like a paragraph. He was like, same thing. I built, I built a business from scratch. And in like three years I've gotten to, I don't even remember what it was a big number. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've always had a business coach or multiple business coaches. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's the only, I was like, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, he's doing the opposite of everybody else and he's probably Mm. correct. So I went and hired somebody and the person, the first person I hired, I hired off a Yelp. Um, (laughs) and it wasn't, I, the guy wasn't bad. He was $500, but he, I mean, he asked a couple questions that were very pointed that got Mm -hmm. me thinking in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's dive into mindset 
because you obviously had a much different mindset just right there. Right. And you said, you know, your mom said that you had it from a young age. What do you help? Like when you work with somebody, one of your clients, what Mm. do you, cause right now you focus mostly on mindset and getting women out of their head, out of all the logic stuff, Mm -hmm. helping them get out of self-sabotage. What are some of the things let's start with, let's start with the like two or three biggest mistakes. Isn't the right word. Biggest Mm -hmm. falsities, biggest challenges Mm. that you help them solve. Yeah. I think I really love working. Like I do work with startups as well, but I really love working with people that have been in business for at least a few years and they're doing well already. Right. They're maybe Mm -hmm. making six figures, multi six figures, even seven figures. And sometimes we can kind of reach this plateau no matter what point anyone's at on the journey, we reach this plateau where we reach this kind of upper limit, right? And our, our head can only take us so far because then these upper limits get in the way of, and most people's biggest one is I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Um, it's, it, and, and, and versions of that. I don't deserve this. I've got to do it all myself. I can't receive support. It's too hard. They're all really versions of the I'm not good enough, right? So how how mm. do you fix that? Because I, I would agree. I've heard that from yeah. almost everybody I've ever worked with, whether they are mm-hmm. making $50,000 a year or a, a couple of them, a couple of my clients make multi, like two, three million a year. Yeah. Same, yeah. same thing. I'm not good enough. Yeah. Why would they listen yeah. to me? So what is your yeah. answer to that? Yeah. So with the work that I do, it's basically the first step is awareness, right? If we don't know, then we can't change it. So it's being aware of what the actual limiting belief is or the pattern or the emotion that's present. So bringing that to their awareness and then using the techniques that I use. I I use um, NLP and emotional clearing techniques to be able to get to the root cause of when this first came up in their life and be able to then change that, dissolve it, change the perspective on it. And this is using their subconscious. It's not using the logical mind because the logical mind can only go so far. And so we're clearing it from that subconscious mind. And then we're also clearing it from the body and being able to then integrate and embody a new perspective, a new belief and a new way of reality, a new way of being. Nice. I like it. I mean, the, I can't speak for everybody, but I, cause that's not, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't do those kind of things, but usually the beliefs still come up. Mm. And I do think that there is a point where it's like, you can't deal with it logically anymore. It usually mm. goes back to something from childhood or some belief somewhere between three and like 10 years old of, mm. I was told I wasn't good enough. Kids in school made fun of me. Yeah, it's it is really interesting. I think I mean, what I always tell people is like, we've all had those beliefs like, yeah, exactly. You have to deal with them. You have to get over it. Like that's part of the journey. Yeah. Um, And it's actually so zero to seven years old. You're really close there. So zero to seven in NLP is the imprinting phase. mm -hmm. And that's where we install most of our beliefs around ourselves and around the world. And that's mainly from our parents at that age. And so it could be some big trauma, like 
parents have divorced or abuse or something like that. But a lot of the time, it's something so subtle. For example, I had a client years ago that the belief that came up when we were doing a process was that she's not good enough because her sister used to get the good chocolate biscuits and she got the cheap ones. And so logically, as an adult, she knows, well, that doesn't mean I'm not good enough. Like, I don't even care about that. But there's this subconscious programming that is still there. And once we release that, then it releases all the subsequent events of, well, I can't get up on stage because I'm not good enough or confident enough. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I deal with people who are on stage all the time and that stuff comes up. It's interesting. Like I didn't get the good chocolate biscuits. Um, (laughs) What do you use to identify where, where the self-limiting belief comes from? So first I, I talk it out with the client to find what the actual thing is, whether it's an emotion or a limiting belief. And then from there, once we've kind of worked it out and gotten specific and actually re- got them committed to wanting to change it, because you can't release it if, you, if you're getting something out of it and happy to stay there, right? So you've right. got to want to actually let it go. And so then from there, I'll use either emotional clearing techniques or I'll use um, NLP, timeline therapy, to find mm-hmm. that root cause, find the first age where it came up, and then be able <clears throat> to use that timeline therapy to um, change the perspective. And the emotional clearing, I kind of mold a few modalities in together and make it my own. Um, with the emotional clearing, I can muscle test using like kinesiology and find what emotion is there, what age that that first came up. And then we can rub different points on the body to be able to release that. Um, so I really love using the body and the mind, um, the subconscious mind to release it. And then also giving action steps to go, okay, you've had this shift. Now let's go and do something that moves you forwards and makes this kind of like grounds it into reality. Because there's so many people, they'll go to, you know, someone like me or a therapist or a retreat or an event or something like this, and they'll have this massive shift or they'll learn this stuff or they'll be super motivated. But then if you just go back to your normal life, the partner who's negative, the environment that sucks, the the whatever's going on in your life, then it's so easy to bring those wounds back because they've stacked and stacked throughout your life. You've actually got to then go and take action that creates the new reality based on the shift that you've had. Right. Like lock the shift in and like truly move past it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's good. That's Um, what gets the results. Yeah. That, I mean, that you, it's more than like, there are several parts there. You have to first identify, then you have to overcome it. And then you have to take forward action to get away from it. Yes. Good. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to take a short break from this episode and let you know about one of the biggest secrets I have found when it comes to converting webinars. If you have a webinar and it's not converting as well as you want, or if you're thinking about building a webinar and you want to grab this tip, it has helped numerous people. One of my clients, we actually doubled their conversion rate just by implementing this one simple step. And you can grab it at deathtobadwebinars.com or by clicking in the show notes below. All right, let's jump back to the episode. How long do you normally work with the women that you work with? Is it like a one-year process? Is it six months? 
Yeah, usually a year. Yeah. So I have like group um, group work that I do with people online. And then I also have one-on-one as well. So yeah, I think 12 months is a great framework for coaches to work with. And, and yeah, I've done shorter courses and things like that myself and like for clients and also as a client. But I think for this kind of journey, say someone wants to double their income and halve the amount of hours that they're working and they've got all this stuff that's blocking them that they need to heal and let go of, then it takes that year to be able to go, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I want. And then take those steps towards that. And one of my my online program is called Becoming. And I chose that name because it's not just about going, okay, here's a sales process or here's how to get more leads or take go and take these actions. Yes, that's part of it. But it's like, who do you have to become to have the multi-six-figure or the million-dollar or multi-million-dollar business? Who do you have to become to not only bring that money in but hold it? and not sabotage it or go and spend it or mess it up? Who do you have to become to be able to work less and not feel guilty about it and actually feel like, yeah, I don't have to do this all myself. I can hire a team. I can systemize things. I don't feel bad taking time off. So it's that journey of I really believe it's not about the, about the money or about the goal, whatever the goal is. It's about who you become on that journey. That's good. Cause that, I mean, it really is. And then you're always going to find new things to fix and new things to tweak and come. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's the great part about life. Things are always changing. So talk to me a little bit about your Facebook group. For those of you who are interested and you'd like to learn more about Ellie, her Facebook group is listed in the show notes down below. Make sure you go click on those. Talk to us a little bit about the group because it's actually the mindset of sales. Yeah. A little bit different than what we've been talking about, but it still has to do with mindset. So talk to us a little bit about the Facebook group. Yeah. So, um, well, to add in there as well. So after the personal training, I then had my, my second child. And I ended up selling that business. And I saw a lot of business owners when I was a personal trainer, I saw a lot of business owners that were working crazy hours and not making as much money as I was. They didn't have the the lifestyle that I had. And I wanted to be able to show them a better way. And so for the past eight or nine years, I've been doing business coaching and with the strategy and the mindset. And the biggest thing that I love to do is helping people to create that freedom in all areas of their life and doing that with mindset and sales. They're the two things that I love the most. And I really believe that you've got to be in the right mindset to be able to call money in and to be able to keep it and to have sales conversations and actually enjoy sales and get excited about it and enjoy the process. And so in my free group and also in the consulting and coaching that I do, I help people with their mindset and I help them with sales as well, being able to make more money and being able to overcome these blocks as well. Nice. The, I mean, there, sales is such a weird, you have to sell to have a business, right? But there are so many people who have these huge blocks and it's more, it's like sales and money blocks. Like they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, well, that is very cool. Um, anything in the group that do you have a lead magnet? Is there a framework? Is there anything in there that they're going to get? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just 
in the regular content in there, I share stories around my life and the lessons that I've learned along the way with my personal development and with sales and business and life in general. And I also have regular trainings in there as well around sales and mindset. Um, and then when they join the group, I give them my um, ebook, which is uh, called On Your Way to 500K. Uh, and it's the five-step guide of how I, the journey that I went on and particularly around, so say someone has, and it's suitable for anyone at any level, but particularly if someone's kind of making the six figures and they want to get to that half a mil, it's like what you've done to get from kind of startup to here is very different what you've got to do moving forwards. And so in that ebook, I teach them the steps of what I did to be able to um, to grow from that point onwards. Nice. That's, I mean, I, I love that story. I mean, that's a fun journey. Um, mm-hmm. and it's something I like case studies. I love like seeing how other people did it. Ellie, yeah. I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on, um, and sharing your journey with us. It's, uh, it's really cool. And I mean, every entrepreneur I know goes through stages, right? So personal mm-hmm. training, sell that business, start doing business coaching, start teaching people what you've been doing. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on. To all of you guys thank out you. there listening, make sure to go check out her Facebook group. Um, anything to say before we check out? Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> what do you uh, want to anyone... Yeah, I, I think... I think it's really important to invest in yourself and whatever level you're at, whether that's getting therapy, a business coach, listening to podcasts, reading books, surrounding yourself with people that are, are have the life that you want to have. So, for example, if you want to grow your business, they've done that, but they've done that in a way that is in alignment with your morals and your values as well. So that then you're learning these things from them, not just how to make money, but you're learning, oh, they're like really humble or they just give massive value or they take every weekend off and spend it with their family. We learn not just the strategies on how to make money, how to grow business or whatever, but really on how you want your life to be as a whole. And so it's really important to follow and and consume information that's in alignment with the life that you want to live and really block out everything else. Block out the media that's constantly talking about COVID. Um, Block out the negative person that's in your life. Um, Unfollow certain people on social media because you get to create the life that you want and you get to choose every day what's coming in and what's going out and how you want to think and feel and act, uh, which creates the life that you want. Wise words for sure. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very big believer in that because if you, if you just get rid, I love the people who are like, I hate what the news has to say, blah, blah, blah. Well, turn it off. Yeah. It's really easy to just be like, nope, like, like I'm just not going to watch it anymore. Mm. Uh, but for some reason, people have a hard time with that. I think that is, that is a great takeaway because we build our own lives. We're responsible for it at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. They like the drama of it. <laughs> it's like, I think that's it. I, yeah. And it's like, just get rid of the drama, get rid of all the things that you don't want. Um, otherwise, it, as much as you say you don't like it, you're getting some pleasure from it. You're getting some pleasure from drama, being a victim, being negative, staying stuck. 
because then someone else gets to save you and you don't have to take responsibility for your life. And it's like, no, stuff that. (laughs) Take responsibility for your life. (laughs) I mean, that is really the key. You kind of touched on this earlier when you were talking about NLP a little bit, but if you have a negative pattern that you're doing, somehow it is serving you. Like, Mm, yes, there's some, whatever that is. I mean, if you're listening to this, if you're this far into the podcast, you should probably go talk to Ellie about it. But the, (laughs) you have something, if you self-sabotage yourself, there's something there that's serving you. And that's why you keep doing it. If you're overweight, it's because there's something there that is serving you. Um, Every decision serves you in some way. Otherwise you wouldn't make it. Exactly. And I always use the analogy, like we wouldn't, as a child, we put our hand on the hot plate in the kitchen and we realize that that's hot and it hurts and we don't do it again, right? We don't just sit there and keep our hand on there and go, oh, this is hurting, but I'm going to keep doing it. And so why do we do that in life, right? And so it's, it's realizing that. And it's also not just people, I think this is important for people at any level, We all have these upper limits. We all have these limiting beliefs. If you're currently not happy with any area of your life, or maybe you're doing really well, but you want more, you want more impact, you want more income, you want more um, influence, you want more happiness, you want more connection, more freedom, whatever it is, then it's really going, okay, I'm... I'm doing really well for this kind of standard and this level. Now I've got to raise my standards. And so before I raise my standards, what do I need to let go of? And then what do I want to call in? And that's what I talk about a lot um, and, and use in my life as well. Nice. I mean, that that is what I think every successful person does, right? I mean, yeah. that's what makes people successful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good, good stuff. Um, Ellie, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing. We could probably talk all night about mindset. (laughs) Um, Make sure you check out Ellie's group and to everybody Mm -hmm. else. Until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.